Hello, and welcome to another episode of Health Affairs This Week, the podcast where health affairs editors go beyond the headlines to explore health policy news of the week. I'm Jessica Bylander. And I'm Ellen Bayer. So today we're going to focus on our own big news of the week here at Health Affairs, which is the release of our October issue, a theme issue devoted to the topic of structural racism and health. And before we go any further, I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank our funders who made the issue possible, and they are the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the California Wellness Foundation, and the Episcopal Health Foundation. And as many of our listeners know, this is Health Affairs' second issue on the topic of racism and health. We published the first in February of 2022. And Jess, you were the lead editor on this issue as well as that one. Can you talk about why we decided to do a second issue and how does this one build on the first and what's new and different about it? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, first of all, just an honor to work on both of the issues, Um, the first being the first we've ever published on the topic of racism and health. And we know that health journals, including health affairs, have historically failed to integrate the role of racism in healthcare. And um, increasingly, we're recognizing that understanding um, the role of racism is essential to building health equity and to kind of um, dismantling the negative effects of racism on health. So when we opened up the first theme issue, the response was overwhelming. We received so many abstracts and invited many excellent papers and published them. And so um, just based on sort of the the hunger and the desire to publish on this topic and all the great scholarship that's out there, as well as commentary, um, we definitely knew we had an appetite for additional content on this. And so we were very grateful to be able to publish a second theme issue um, so soon after the first one. And yeah, we hope to sort of deepen and extend the scholarship um, on the relationship between racism, health, and healthcare. And I, I think you'll see that in the pages of the journal. And so as with all of our theme issues, this one was a long time in the making. Can you give us some highlights of that process? Sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's about a year and a half process um, to put together a theme issue. You know, it starts with getting funding and then you identify your advisors. We had two excellent advisors for this issue, Rukaya Yearby of Ohio State University and Gilbert Gee of University of California, Los Angeles. So working with them, we did our standard planning meeting where you invite sort of experts and thought leaders to the table to talk about what should be in this issue, who should we be reaching out to to see if they can submit. So our meeting with them was in November. And after that, you know, we we issue our request for abstracts as always. And in this case, we received 265 abstracts, which is uh, another great response and invited um, 27 papers. You know, you always expect some attrition, and so that does happen. And um, the final issue, as um, readers can see, includes 19 papers, including research articles, reviews, data watch, policy insight, commentaries, perspectives, and actually two narrative matters essays. So those are personal policy narratives and one poem. And I have to add, it's not just the journal content that's involved in this project. There's also a ton of content beyond the pages. So articles on Health Affairs Forefront, our online publication, and some video assets, which we can talk about, including um, our main video, Tackling Structural Racism in Health, and video abstracts and just a ton of other content that hopefully we'll dig into more in this episode. Absolutely. So 
Jess is the assigned editor for the issue, and you were, as you said, you worked with our theme issue advisors and with many of the authors in developing and refining the content. So you have really the big picture perspective on it. Can you point out for our listeners kind of some of the big overarching themes? Yes, I mean, I think first and foremost, and this came through in the the from the planning meeting onward, is obviously the need to look at the systems and structures that contribute to adverse health outcomes. So, so looking beyond the outcomes themselves, even, you know, access to healthcare and so on, and looking at really upstream at what systems and structures dictate who can have access to healthcare and why. And so I think looking as far upstream as possible is a really important theme from these pages. We've published a lot of content on health equity and health disparities, and that's all very important. But I think it's so important to go beyond documenting health disparities, health inequities, to looking at specifically how systems and structures um, within this country and also abroad are shaping those health inequities. Um, so, so more specifically in the pages, you know, you'll learn that measuring structural racism is very complicated. So there are a couple of papers that look at ways to do that. In one case, by looking at state laws and how multiple state laws and policies that reinforce racial hierarchies and equities create these sort of structurally racist environments. And the second paper creates a new index, the Structural Racism Effect Index which measures exposure to structural racism along several domains. And um, I learned at the um, briefing event that that um, tool is actually open source available to anyone to use online. So that's very exciting. Um, yeah, and, and other topics that are explored in the issue are the importance of power, particularly political power, and how that's a determinant of your health, but also the importance of, of funding policies, which, you know, can be a tool to perpetuate structural racism, but could also be a tool to dismantle it if they were kind of reimagined. So the, there's so much in the issue. Um, I think readers should definitely check it out. But those are some of the big takeaways and themes for me. And Ellen, we also had two papers on the topic of racial bias and algorithms in the issue. I know it's an, a complex and really important topic that's gotten more and more attention in recent years, especially with the growth of AI in medicine. So you were the editor on one of those papers. What were some of the main takeaways? As you said, Jess, it's a, it's a really complex topic, and I'm not going to get really into the weeds, but just in a nutshell, it's a commentary by Tina Hernandez-Bussard and several co-authors, and the title is Promoting Equity in Clinical Decision-Making, Dismantling Race-Based Medicine. And what I think is really notable and interesting about the paper is that it goes beyond just describing the problem, and it provides a really novel solution and also um, some suggested next steps to get there. The authors describe the harms um, caused by race-based medicine, which they define as medical practice um, guided by algorithms that are biased because they use race as a proxy for biological differences. And so they've led to treatment patterns that are inappropriate and unjust and have um, really therefore contributed to racial and ethnic disparities in health and healthcare. So to reduce these disparities, authors recommend what they call a race-aware model for clinical algorithms that consider social and environmental factors like structural racism and social determinants of health, and they outline a series of steps to get there. So we'll put a link to that commentary in the show notes, and I encourage our listeners to check it out. So Jess, another paper that I found really interesting was um, an innovative piece based on a research method called PhotoVoice, 
to document the lived experiences of community health workers and their clients in Baltimore. Can you tell us a little bit more about that paper and about Photo Voice? Sure. So that's a paper by Chitima eBay and colleagues at Hopkins, um, including a community health worker as one of the co-authors. And yeah, so Photo Voice is a form of a qualitative research in which participants are given cameras or, or otherwise instructed to kind of go out and take pictures based on um, whatever prompts the study kind of guides them to take pictures based on. And then they come together usually for focus group discussions, which are then analyzed in a, in a traditional sort of focus group qualitative research method. Um, and in this study, the um, population was community health workers who generally do come from marginalized communities, which helps them meet the needs of those communities, but also puts them at risk of exposure to harms themselves. So they took photos to illuminate their lived experiences as community health workers in Baltimore. And um, several themes came out of this, um, including a couple that stood out to me. And one is that structural racism really manifests in their lives um, on a daily basis through you know, discriminatory housing practices, dilapidated housing. Several of the photos kind of documented that, boarded up houses in Baltimore, food deserts, limited access to transportation. So relying on buses or, you know, maybe there isn't a bus route to where you need to go and and then low wages as well. So I think that's just a really important um, paper. And it's also the first photo voice paper we've published in Health Affairs. So we'll have, you know, the photos in the print journal, but then um, there was several others that the participants took that we are featuring online in an interactive gallery. So you can visit that on our website and we'll put a link in the show notes and that you can sort of scroll through and see the quotes from the participants themselves and the photos that the participants took. So um, very exciting. And then another article I wanted to sort of highlight from the issue is, is by an author who participated in the Health Affairs Health Equity Fellowship for Trainees Program, or HEFT, Milky Vu. Ellen, you worked with Dr. Vu as a mentor in the program. Can you tell us about HEFT and about the paper? Sure. Thanks so much for bringing that up, Jess. I just felt so honored uh, to have worked with Milky Vu as part of the HEFT program. This is a program that Health Affairs started in 2022 to help cultivate future leaders in health equity and health equity research and to increase both the quantity and quality of manuscripts um, published by researchers from populations who've been underrepresented um, in the journal. So we have a competitive process for choosing the Heft Fellows, and Milky Vu was part of the first group um, that was chosen to participate, and we're now working with our second cohort of Heft Fellows. And as part of the program, health affairs editors serve as mentors, providing editorial guidance and feedback on manuscripts. And the fellows also work with mentors outside of health affairs, usually in academia, uh, who have expertise in research methods and the topic of health equity. And I, I just have to say, being part of the program has been such a wonderful experience. I mean, I feel like the mentors really learn as much and get as much out of it as the fellows do. I would agree. And, <laughs> and I'm so pleased to see Milky Vu's paper um, included in the theme issue. Um, it looks at food insecurity and participation in the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, in California among low-income Asian-American populations, including Chinese, Filipino, Japanese, Korean, South Asian, and Vietnamese. And this kind of analysis of Asian-American subgroups really usually is not even possible uh, with most national surveys in the U.S. because they just don't have big enough samples of Asian-Americans. But 
this study used the California Health Interview Survey, which does have a big enough sample. And the survey was conducted in multiple Asian languages. And so the paper has some really interesting findings. And uh, we'll also link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed her presentation at the event yesterday. And just, you know, the fact that she highlighted the need for more granular data. I know there's some efforts to have more granular race and ethnicity data, um, you know, at, at the federal level. But um, she really spoke to the issue of, of sort of access because some cities do collect more granular data, but it's not publicly reported or, you know, you have to pay extra to have access to those because of the small sample sizes being blinded. And so it's just, um, it was really interesting. And, and just, just a sort of a side note, another interesting question that came up at the event was sort of um, looking at whether culturally appropriate foods are available in these food assistant programs and whether that makes a difference. And so just another interesting kind of line for future research that came up um, from, from that really interesting research we published. Absolutely. So Jess, we also have two narrative matters, essays in the October issue. Can you tell us about those essays and what you found most memorable about them? Yeah, for sure. So we have two essays and one poem in the narrative matters section in this issue. One is about, uh, by Alexis Grant Panning, about her experience giving birth as a Black woman in Texas and, and really just the intense fear surrounding her birth experience, you know, a time that should be joyous or um, at least, you know, a different type of anticipation than just fear of, of dying or their baby dying and no one, you know, standing up for them and caring for them. So, um, so it really struck a chord for me and um, I think is a, a powerful read. And then secondly, Miranda Ward's essay was about actually a police encounter in her dentist's office, you know, where the police were called on her. Um, and it really reveals how racism can operate on many levels in sometimes surprising ways. And so I think that's a very powerful piece. And finally, the the poem by Ryan Petaway is just extremely powerful and impactful and um sort of calls to task how place health research is done and, you know, the idea that you can't just download a data set and, and understand community. Also, you know, not appropriate just to focus on on harms and, and sort of the disadvantage of community without recognizing their really important stories and the heart you know, that's involved, you know, beyond just the data points. And so, um, so yeah, so there's so much in the issue, including the video, which we teed up at the beginning. It's a conversation with um, some authors as well as other experts on the topic. So um, we encourage folks to check that out um, and check out everything um, inside the pages and beyond for the October issue. Thanks so much, Jess. Yeah, thanks for the conversation. 